the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. This hour, we're looking forward to bringing in a guest. His name is Daniel Darling. Despite the rain, think about the cold and the snow that may come eventually. I don't know about you, but I like snow. Are you a snow person, Danny? Do you mind snow? Not at all. Yeah, so you're young enough that that's... The older you get, people get a little practical. Like, I'd just rather everything be no problem. But you still enjoy the snow stuff? I do, but I do hate the cold. Yeah. Okay, see, well, if it's going to be cold, I like the snow to happen with it. That's fair. We're going to get that, right? So, uh, did you have a good weekend, by the way? I did. Yeah? Very relaxing. Good. How was yours? Good. It was similarly relaxing in a busy kind of way. Good. It was highlighted by, among other things, playing and watching my daughter play indoor soccer yesterday. She joined a co-ed team, and uh, she scored a goal. In fact, I usually videotape my daughter playing, and this was, I'm like, I'm taking the day off. I'm just going to watch. And an indoor game is so much faster than, in a lot of ways, I think balls ricocheting off the walls, off the net. Uh, it's a different different game altogether. So I'm like, you know what? For me to try to videotape something, this is going to be, like, exhausting. So I watch it, and sure enough, right before me, my eyes, this play developer, she got it, she took it down, off her knee, settled the ball, and rocketed a shot past the goalie. And it's like... Yeah. Oh, I wish I had that on tape. But you know, there you are. That was how I was feeling. I can tell you, inside, proud dad. It's a co-ed team, but she's the only girl on the team, actually. And you know what's really funny? I'm just a t- shout out to uh, to John, the coach. John emails me the other day. He says, "Did I did I hear you on WFIL? This is out of the blue. So get get how he hears about us. He restores old cars, and he had a '74 or something. I don't know what it was." And he's tinkering around with the radio. He's like, well, the stations back in the 70s that were certainly popular included WFIL. So he's like, I'm going to make sure I check that one and a few others. And while he's checking, like under the hood or whatever, he hears me say the Tim DeMoss show. He's like, that can't be. Oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. So he sent me a message. I know him. You know, we he's coached my son uh, once or twice. So we see each other every now and again in soccer season. We don't know each other super well, but we, we know each other well enough. So it's like, next time we see you, let's talk about that. So, yeah, anyway, it's just a fun way. You never know how someone's going to hear about the radio station. That's great. <laughs> so in any case, shout out to John. And it was a nice win for the team yesterday. Uh, this hour, we're glad to have a gentleman named Daniel Darling joining us. This book, The Characters of Christmas, because obviously we're, you know, just a little over two weeks out now. And it's a, it's a great book because it, it's, it's the subtitle, actually, is The Unlikely People Caught Up in the story of Jesus. So we're going to actually give some copies away throughout the hour, uh, invite you to send a quick text in if you'd like to win a copy, and you can perhaps text after you've hear, you you know, hear Daniel and I chatting throughout the uh, the program. But feel free, even from now, if you're like, hey, if you think it's a good book, I'm in. Uh, just text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, just your first and last name. Perhaps the word character will be sufficient, and I'll know what you're texting about. We'll have some copies to hand out when the program is done. One other quick note before we get into our chat with Daniel, 
and we'll try and spike in a song or two along the way. Uh, just to give you a quick update on Trans World Radio Partnership, we're just about done when we last left our hero last Friday uh, with that Oasis transmitter trying to bring the gospel to Nigeria. We were down to $530 to go, and I just got word here that we have um, uh, a lady named Kenya in Wincote doing a $100 gift and Elizabeth in Lafayette Hill doing a $100 gift. That puts us at just $330 to go. So uh, at this point, it's not on our website. You will have to call. It's a special number for that. Uh, but somebody listening willing to pick up the last 330 bucks, maybe one person or a couple of people doing 100 whatever it is, here's the number, 888-988-5656, 888-988-5656. And uh, if you have the bandwidth to send me a quick text after that you've done so, after you've called them, then I can even give an update on the show. But call them first. Let me know it's done. It should take you about a minute or two, and then I can give an update during the program as well. Uh, thank you so much. It's a it's an eight it's a uh, eight thousand dollar contribution we're trying to do here. Part of a close to two million dollar project. The Transworld Radio is working all over the place to bring the funds in, and in the end, the uh, Transworld Radio Oasis Transmitter Project is going to bring the gospel to all of Nigeria, the seventh largest country in the entire world, two hundred plus million people. So that's where. Your gift is going at this time, which I think is a no-brainer. If you enjoy radio and WFIL specifically, you're basically bringing WFIL to Nigeria and helping them in their own languages and various languages and dialects hear the gospel. What an amazing gift. Basically, what translates to a penny a person. You have a $2 million transmitter, 200 million people can hear the gospel. It's a penny a person. So super wonderful gift that you could give at this time of year. We'll take a quick break. Come back with Daniel Darling, author of The Characters of Christmas. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. On AM560 WFIL, it's the Tim DeMoss Show. Neo, sooner or later you're going to realize, just as I did, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Bring your peace into our violence. Bid our hungry souls be WFIL.com and on the WFIL app, it's Chris Rice in a song called Welcome to Our World. The Characters of Christmas is the book we're talking about today, the unlikely people caught up in the story of Jesus. And we have uh, joining our program, author Daniel Darling. How you doing? Hey, it's great to be on with you here in Philly. Yeah, welcome aboard. You're uh, you're Nashville-based at this point, is that right? I am Nashville-based, so I'm originally from Chicago. Okay. So I don't know what that means for for Philly sports or whatever, but <laughs> I've, I've never hated any of the Philly teams, so there's that. Well, that's a that's a good start. We're off to a good start. The book you've recently released is called The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. 
very timely, of course, this time of year. And as I was going through different books we could talk about uh, on the program, this one stood out. Uh, just a very interesting title and concept. And to share a bit about you know, how this book came to be. Well, I've always really loved Christmas ever since I was a kid. Always looked forward to December. And I've always been intrigued by the people that make up our nativity sets uh, who are, adorn our Christmas cards or, um, you know, our kids dress up as, as them in our pageants. And, you know, reading through the Gospels, you know, my whole life, intrigued by who are these people. You know, we have kind of made them famous in the 2,000-plus years since uh, the birth of Jesus. But we have to remember at the time in the first century, these were just ordinary people uh, who were uh, caught up in the story of Jesus. Part of the beauty, I think, of the of the book is you you make the rounds, if you will, into all the different folks who are connected with the story that we read about. Uh, but they were not often, as you mentioned, like in the case of the shepherds. Uh, not a, I mean, not that people would think that's a high powered position necessarily, but we may make them a little nicer status than you know today than they were back then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what's interesting? If you and I were scripting the story of Christmas, of, of if we were scripting the announcement of Jesus, of the long-awaited promise come to the earth, fulfilling God's promise to send a Redeemer, we probably would have (laughs) not chosen the characters that God chose to put in the story. We would have chosen people who might have royal connections, uh, who might be a little bit more wealthy or protected, you know, in terms of Mm. um, their power and position. We probably would have announced it in Rome or in, at least in Jerusalem, where the religious elite were. We would not have chosen to pick uh, a couple from Nazareth. Um, we probably wouldn't have had the birth in Bethlehem, but this tells us something about the kind of kingdom that Jesus came to establish. Daniel Darling's our guest. The book is called The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. Yeah, as you're, as you're talking there, you know, almost more like it'd be something like an Avengers category, you know, class of, of <laughs> you know, all these people with superpowers or some kind of something to offer and make the story with a lot of sizzle. But to your point, uh, there's a song by, I don't know if you know, um, Chris Rice, the uh, the artist. He has a song mm-hmm. called Welcome to Our World. And very mm-hmm. humble, you know, th- it matches. It, it The whole idea of the, that the gospel is not even something that anybody in their right mind would have ever written in the first place. It, it goes against human nature to write a story that says you can't earn your way to heaven. You can't be a good enough person on your own or or, or hold up your end of the bargain or something. But to your point, this matches the idea that this is a story that God himself wrote. And there's a very real reason why he included all of these folks on the fringes, if you will. So, Well, I think it's the more you read the Bible and you more read, see how the Bible fits together as one narrative, um, I think it really makes sense. So, for instance, when you think about the announcement to the shepherds, you know, we know that God chose to announce uh, not in Rome, not in Jerusalem, but to make the announcement of the fulfillment of uh, his promise, the, the long-awaited son of David who would reign forever, to uh, lowly shepherds who are not well regarded. We could see that he did that for a few reasons. Number one, because shepherds were kind of close to the ground. They were earthy. They were common folk. And these are the kind of people Jesus came to alongside. But secondly, shepherding is kind of a dominant uh, leadership model throughout the scriptures. God calls himself the good shepherd. Uh, he's the shepherd of Israel. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, Jesus would later say that he is the good shepherd. So God is making a statement that this will be a different kind of king. Uh, this will be a shepherd king. 
not like a king like Caesar or Herod, but a shepherd king who will come and he will be willing to leave the 99 and go after the one. So there's symbolism there. But then there's also symbolism that the announcement of the final sacrifice for sins, the one whom John said was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, is announced to those who care for sheep and care for lambs, uh, some of whom might be used in the temple sacrifice. And so nothing in the Christmas story is, is um, accidental or filler or or it, it all uh, has a purpose in God's eternal plan and all fits within the long theme of Scripture. Daniel Darling's our guest, author of the book, The Characters of Christmas, on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Uh, you mentioned Herod's name a little while ago, not your typical nativity scene figurine, if you will. Share a bit about the, the person of Herod. Yeah, I mean, we don't have Herod in our Christmas pageants. Um, our nativity sets don't have them. My kids have one of those uh, Fisher-Price little people in Tiffany sets. There's no Herod figure there. Nobody's dressing up like Herod yeah. in pageants. But he is a part of the story, and it shows us um, that Christmas is not just sentimental, but there's violence, there's death, there's corruption, a world very much like the one we live in today. Uh, Herod is threatened by Jesus. Uh, where the wise men worship, Herod is threatened. Right. And uh, if you listen to Mary's prayer, this makes sense, because Jesus is a threat to those in power who use their power to exploit others. And so he's so threatened that he, he tries to kill uh, the Son of God by committing infanticide among the young boys in Bethlehem. Right. Uh, but what he doesn't realize is he's just in a long line of Antichrist throughout the ages who have raised themselves up against God. And it begins back in Genesis, where God predicted that the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent would clash violently. And the seed of the serpent would nip at the heels of the seed of the women, but ultimately uh, there would be a baby who would come from the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. And so everybody in Israel thinks Herod has the power. Herod thinks he has ultimate power. He was ruthless. He was savage. He would do whatever he could to hang on to his power. But what they don't realize is that the real power is that, that infant baby that's uh, fleeing Bethlehem and going to Egypt uh, to seek refuge. The real power is there. And so uh, Herod thinks he's the king, but the real king, the one who will reign forever, is the baby and fleeing to Egypt. And it just gives us a good window into the, the plan of God that uh, tyrants and despots and, and all kinds of people will, will rise and fall. People will raise themselves up against God, but God's kingdom lasts forever. Daniel Darling's our guest, author of the new book, The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. If you'd like to win a copy, send me a quick text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just put your first and last name in there and the word character. And uh, we'll put you in the drawing. We'll have a few of these to hand out when the program is done. In the meantime, a quick break. And we'll continue our chat with Daniel Darling on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. It's 425 with the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Just to get a quick reminder, if you want to help out in our partnership with Transworld Radio, we're just $330 shy of the finish line. I can see it from here. 888-988-5656. The only way to jump in on that now, it's off our website. But thanks to Kenya and Elizabeth, who both made a $100 contribution over the weekend. We are very close to finishing that baby off. $330. Would you want to step up and do a piece of that? 888-988-5656. 56. Thanks to all who have helped out so far. We've had dozens of folks involved in helping bring the Oasis Transmitter Project 
to reality and to fruition, bringing the gospel to Nigeria, the seventh largest country in the world. We're very excited to have that partnership and be part of that with uh, Trans World Radio. Uh, so our guest this hour, Daniel Darling, author of the book, The Characters of Christmas, The uh, Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. Before the break, we were chatting about the uh, person of Herod and uh, a lot that can be learned from his life. Uh, but also you write in the book that there may be actually a little bit more of Herod in us than we'd like to admit. Share about that if you would. I think so. I think you're right. Uh, really, there's only two responses to Jesus at Christmas time. There is the response of the wise men, which is to set aside your power and your privilege and your wealth and to bow down and worship Christ. The second response is to be threatened and to seek uh, to solidify power uh, by violence or, or anything else. And so um, every person has one of, two, one of those two responses to Jesus. Are we, are we provoked to worship? and bow, or were you threatened by him? Mm-hmm. Really, that's, that's the central question of the age. A couple of the other characters that you bring up in the characters of Christmas, Zechariah and Mary. Uh, compare and contrast them, if you would. Yeah, so, um, you know, Mary, to, to start with Mary, you know, Mary is just a poor peasant girl who um, uh, is you know, minding her own business. She's worshiping Yahweh. Uh, she's a follower of God. She is in a a strange backwater town. I mean, Nazareth was, in, in, you know, was not in the center of town. It was not the center of uh, attention. It was a, a town that people in Jerusalem looked down on when at a time when all of Palestine was looked down on by the Roman Empire. So you couldn't be farther from the center of attention and power. She was essentially nobody from nowhere. Mm. And yet this is the one whom God chooses to bear the Christ child. And her response is just, uh, beautiful, that she, she first asked, how can these things be? And she's asking in a, in, a, in a sense of awe and mystery. In other words, how could you take such an uh, undeserving sinner like me and choose me to be part of God's plan? It's really the, the question that all of us should have at Christmas, is how can these things be? How can God come in the flesh? How can He love His people so much He's willing to come and, and be Emmanuel, be God with us, and die for our sins. And then her, her response is one of obedience, of saying yes to, to the Lord and yes to the plan of God, knowing full well that she's saying yes to a very hard and difficult life, as as Simeon would say in the temple, that a sword will pierce her soul. She would uh, live a very difficult life, as in, you know, bearing the shame, first of all, as, as someone pregnant without being married, that would not be looked kindly those days, but then watching her son grow up and be mocked and scorned and beaten and uh, being there at the foot of the cross as Jesus is being crucified and he's pulled up the cross. But she could say yes uh, to the plan of God because Jesus would eventually say yes to the cup of God's wrath in the garden as he went to die on the cross for. So that's Mary. Um, And I think, you know, if you want to talk about the other characters, I think, um, you know, Zechariah is another good example. Here's a righteous man who's in the temple, uh, he's performing the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity as a priest to go and burn incense. Uh, the priest would cast lots for this opportunity. Many would never have that opportunity. So he's in there, and God's people had not heard from God in 400 years. No angels, no uh, prophets. God had been s- seemingly silent. People were cynical. They believed the promises, but they didn't weren't sure that they would actually happen. Uh, the Bible says that Zechariah was a righteous man, and yet when he was confronted by the angel Gabriel, 
uh, it was too much for him to believe that, that it could happen, that God could both answer his immediate prayer of having a child well, well past the age when him and Elizabeth were childbearing age, but also that God could answer the prayer that the Messiah had come, that the Christ had come. And so God uh, renders him silent for nine months, and many of us look at that as a punishment of God making him silent, but actually it might have been a gift. Because sometimes God needs to quiet our hearts, to still us, to quiet us, to make us silent in order for us to hear him speak. Mm. Um, and I think he is, you know, Jack Rye is a great example of that. Yeah. Uh, as we I chat with Daniel Darling, author of the book, The Characters of Christmas, it's interesting because my daughter and I were heading to church yesterday, and she actually, I don't even know, I guess because she's in the Christmas pageant, she was thinking through these things, and she's nine, and she said, Dad, why did... Why did Zechariah have his mouth closed, but Mary didn't? And I knew what she was mm-hmm. meaning. She was you know, saying they both said, how can this be? But I said, well, honey, it, 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 what you just explained there, the, it wasn't that they were being, I mean, Mary, in Mary's case, it was more of amusing and like, wow. And in Zechariah's case, more of a leaning in the direction of, I don't see how this can happen. It was a le- leaning more in that direction, right? So it's it's a fine line between doubting or struggling mm-hmm. or wondering versus where does that take you? That's a, great, that's a great question, and I think there's a, you know, God wants us to bring our fears and our doubts and our questions to Him, yeah. and um, Mary had those. They're very, very good questions. I think the difference between Mary and Zechariah, one is, one, uh, are questions born out of, out of trust, out of awe and wonder at who God is. Zechariah's questions were more born out of cynicism. It was less, um, how can this be, but uh, even though I'm seeing uh, an angel in front of me, I still don't believe this. In other words, there, there's a sense in which there's an honest searching for answers and questions, and then there's a kind of committed disbelief when, when cynicism kind of uh, encrusts itself around our heart, and God has to sort of quiet us in order to, to break that up and cause us to trust again. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app, author Daniel Darling is our guest. The book is called The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. You mentioned a second ago um, about the silence part of things, and and perhaps at Christmas time, it's also a, a great time to be silent. I was actually, again, from this past weekend, I was sitting on the couch, and my wife looked at me, she's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just breathing. I'm I'm actually just sitting, I had a cup of coffee, man. I was just looking at the wall and I'm like, my days are so full of things and schedules and places to go. I just decided, I wasn't even like, I'm just like, I'm going to do nothing intentionally. My phone's away from me. I'm just sitting here. And is that, is that okay? (laughs) So uh, obviously Christmas time is a very busy time. It can be a wonderful time, but speak to that, that maybe the word silence and or practicing time, just uh, taking time to, to hear God and to push things away that may cloud that out. Yeah, I think it's important for us at Christmas. I think uh, we can easily rush around. We can easily be so concerned with making everything perfect uh, or having the perfect experience or feel guilty or committed to so many different things that we forget to stop and really settle in and relax and listen and meditate and slow down a little bit. Um, I think there's an opportunity at Christmas because the calendar gives us that space if we allow it to. Uh, But so many times we think we have to fill it with stuff. We have to fill it, even with good spiritual things that are good things, like reading and and gathering with friends and all these things which I think are vital for our formation. Sometimes we fill that, our lives, so much with that because we don't want to 
we're afraid to be silent and hear God speak. And so I think we need to make space for that in our in our lives and in our family lives. Now, easier said than done because you have, if I understand correctly, four kids. So yes. I don't think they're necessarily going to take you know know what that silence thing is all about. We have five on this end, and so <laughs> it's yeah, uh, yeah. So sometimes silence is a few minutes yeah. of uh, sanity in the midst of a busy time, or or just I think sometimes in our families we feel like we have to make every moment perfect and every moment structured, mm-hmm. and every moment has to be sort of ordered in some ways. And sometimes it's good to just sort of you know, you know, allow people to sort of breathe and, and rest a little bit, but it gets more complicated when, you know, the, the, the larger our families are, that's for sure. It's a lot of pressure. I, I like, I like how you said that the, uh, make things perfect. Uh, you know, our, our two oldest are 21 and 19 and coming home for the holiday, Lord willing safely and be, be with us. Um, and then we have three daughters who are home already, but, uh, we're already thinking about schedules and, you know, they're going to want to see their friends also. And, how to make sure we see certain other people, you know, how do you fit it all in? And it's a joyful time, but it also is a time where the, the, the combination of making things ready and the foods they like and having family time and who wants to stop by. And before long, it, it really is that, that notion of trying to make it perfect or happen, like everything happen can drown out why we're even here together in the first place. So we, it's, it's, it's complicated for us too with, with both the technology and with the schedules of everybody and trying to trying to fit it all in uh, and the rhythm. I think one of the things that's important for our families is just to have a rhythm of, of grace and, and the gospel and knowing that we don't have to perform in order to uh, make God happy, that because we are in Christ, we are, we are enough. Uh, and I think that really filters down just in the way we we order our lives. That uh, there, you, know, you know, I think balance is the wrong word. People say, how do you balance family and all that? I think balance is is the wrong word. I think rhythms are better, that there are rhythms in, in, in some seasons that are really busy, uh, and you're just trying to sort of keep it all going. And, and then there's times where you're uh, of rest, of, of soul rest, of soul care, of just, just kind of uh, letting your hair down a little bit and, and uh, letting the Lord kind of recharge your, your soul. Daniel Darling is our guest, author of the new book, The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. If you'd like to win a copy, we have a few to hand out. Just send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. And uh, just put your first and last name in there and the word character, and we'll put you in the mix. We'll draw several winners when the show winds down. Cloudy and rainy the deal the rest of today, tonight, tomorrow. A little break every now and again, but a lot of... A lot of that rain happening, maybe even a little light snow uh, tomorrow night into Wednesday morning. Temperature rising tonight, then plummeting through the 30s uh, by the end of tomorrow. Wednesday's high 40. Sixers beat Toronto yesterday. Eagles home tonight against the Giants in uh, Monday Night Football. Major League Baseball uh, breaking news. Steven Strasburg signing a seven-year deal. $245 million bucks to stay with the Washington Nationals. Back with more in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 440 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. WFIL. Feel 
feel free to tell a friend and also catch the podcast of this and any other Tim DeMoss show at WFIL.com. Our guest this hour is Daniel Darling, author of the book in a very timely way here, The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. Uh, we were talking about busyness and other things and about the season. Just uh, Do you guys have, on a side note, uh, traditions your family likes to do or things like Christmas time that are important to you guys? Yeah, we do. We like to spend Christmas. You know, we obviously, um, we love, love just, there's, well, there's several things that we, we always feel like we have to do every Christmas. Uh, we Number one, we uh, try to watch four or five of our favorite Christmas movies, you know, every year yeah. uh, throughout the December. Uh, we do daily Advent readings, you know, we'll, we'll read over, over dinner or something and, and, and talk about the story of Christmas. Um, we love the Christmas Eve service at our church, which is such a, such a tradition for us that we, we love, and it's really formative, and I've been doing that since I was a kid. Um, and then on Christmas morning, you know, we try to get up and open our gifts together, and before we do any of that, we read, you know, from Luke 2 and read the Christmas story and then have a Christmas meal uh, that day. Um, and, you know, we, it's, it's gotten really precious for us as we uh, see our kids grow and really engage uh, the, the story of Jesus, but also and the kind of gift-giving for each other that I think is important. One of the things we do with our kids is we, you know, at least for the stockings, we actually have them each pick a name for one of the other kids, and so they actually go shop for the other one, which I think teaches them a little bit about uh, looking out for others uh, on Christmas instead of just kind of, you know, <laughs> right. receiving and waiting for their own thing. So that's been fun. Too. That's right. That's right. Daniel Darling, our guest. The book is called The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. We talked about Zechariah, talked about uh, Mary, Herod, uh, the shepherds, and the wise men a bit. Um, a couple names that I know I, growing up my parents taught me a lot about that, uh, again, are kind of on the uh, one end of the spectrum, if you will, of this whole story, but they're very important, uh, Simeon and Anna. And um, you have a chapter in the book, it's interesting, that the bucket list chapter and about uh, George Bush's skydiving and my dad is 91 right now. He calls it advanced middle age and uh, <laughs> still serving God and, and all kinds of things in all kinds of ways. Um, but share a little bit about that, uh, you know, and their, their role in the, in the Christmas story and what we can learn from, you know, what they had to offer. Yeah, well, I think Simeon and Anna are really interesting because they just kind of leap onto the drama of Christmas here uh, in a in an interesting way. Uh, they almost come out of from nowhere, yeah. and uh, but they do represent a remnant of people in Israel who believed uh, the word of the prophets. They didn't get cynical. They really believed when it says that unto us a son is given, unto us a, a child is born, and so here's. Simeon, who is this aging, you know, follower of God, he's parked out in the temple every day for who knows how long, years perhaps, uh, and he he's waiting for uh, the Christ child. And, and of course, everyone around him probably thinks he's a little bit crazy. Um, they probably think, okay, that's that's great. He thinks it's going to happen. Uh, I don't I don't see it. Similar to how people might think about Christians who believe really that Jesus is coming back uh, a second time. Um, but then one day the Holy Spirit whispers in his ear and says, uh, that's the couple, and that's the child, that's the Christ child. And uh, he's able to bless Mary and Jesus. And one of the things that he says is so interesting. He says, um, having seen Jesus, now I can die. Uh, and what a message that once we've had an encounter with Jesus, uh, we can face our own mortality, we can face death. Really, this is a message for, for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then you have 
uh, Anna, who's a prophetess, who uh, is a truth teller and probably a widow with very uh, little uh, resources. Widows in those days, that there was no safety net for them. Um, and so here she, too, is in the temple and, and waiting uh, to, to have a chance to see um, the Christ child. She, too, is probably thought of as being a little bit crazy, a little bit loony, like she really believes this stuff, but we'll let her have it. But isn't that interesting that she believes that people are laughing at her? And then she, too, gets a word from the Spirit that this is the Christ child and, and goes and blesses um, Jesus. And so I just think it's a powerful statement that God visits those who wait earnestly and seek his faith, yeah. um, and that, um, you know, God will visit those who, who seek seek him and wait for him. I think it's a... It's a, a... A point that can't be understated because uh, in the in the scope of time and in space, it's the, the the years that they both waited, Simeon and Anna, is it's very little. But in in Earth years, yeah. and for the rest of us, it can feel like you know maybe I'm maybe I should try something else. Uh, this isn't working, or you know I'm running out of time here. And uh, yeah, I mean, and then for them to see Jesus as a baby must have been unbelievable for for both of them. Yeah, it's a good encouragement Absolutely. for us to draw from that that you that you pointed out there. It's it's great, it's, and it's it's a it's a fascinating book in that regard because of it really is. It's not that you're trying to invent something or hey, let me try this angle. It but it's just it's, it's a helping further explain and and therefore better appreciate what the whole gospel story is about and, and Jesus's arrival, the the people and the places surrounding surrounding that. So, uh, how did you feel it turned out when you were done? I mean, it's the kind of thing where you could keep keep reworking things or did you feel like, you know, this got to a good place where I wanted it to be? Yeah, I think that, I think the project really turned out well. And, uh, I'm, I've been impressed with the response that people have had, you know, not just Christians who are looking to really, uh, dive into the Christmas story, this advent and really draw closer to Jesus. But even, even folks who might be on the fringes or on the margins who are, are who, who, um, nonetheless know the kind of basic parameters of the story and know these characters and, it's really, I think, helped draw them into uh, discovering who is Jesus. Yeah, Daniel Darling, our guest, author of The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. Want to win a copy? Send me a quick text, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. We'll make a few winners, in fact, after the program. And, of course, don't text the drive. Pull over to do it. Uh, just put your first and last name in there and the word characters, and we'll put you in the mix. Back with more, it's Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 4.50 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Our guest this hour been Daniel Darling, author of the book, The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. In our remaining moments here, I uh, just want to kind of uh, ask you for your perspective on, you know, how you felt the book turned out and, and you know, what your goal for it was it going in, mission accomplished, or... Really, it was one of the most fun books I've read, uh, I've had the chance to write, just because um be able to sit in the scriptures and write it with a, with my Bible open. And, and my desire really is to, to, to really edify the body of Christ, to, to raise us to worship and adoration of Christ, uh, but also to be a gospel witness to those who might, because it's Christmas, might pick up the book for whatever reason or have someone give it to them as a gift and maybe kind of browse through it. and uh, Maybe they'll read the narratives of these characters and um, believe in Jesus. 
Daniel Darling, our guest. The book is called The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. One last kind of question for you regarding that. How much of you went into writing the book, uh, kind of, you kind of knew where you were going to go with it, you thought you did, and how much were you learning as you were writing? Well, I mean, I think I have a basic idea going in, uh, yeah. because I've always wanted to do something like this, but I think it was such a fun book to write as I was doing it, as I was able to study uh, theology and history, and, and I wrote this book. It wasn't during Christmas when I wrote it, but I was listening to Christmas music at the time, and Every day, I would come and just tell my wife, like, you know, this this is such a great project to work on. I'm just so filled with wonder and awe at the story of the Incarnation, just writing it. And so, really, it was just a real privilege. I'm grateful that Moody uh, really liked the story. Yeah, and of course, when you think about it, obviously, the Christmas uh, can be something that, you know, you're thinking about and marinating on and celebrating uh, at any point, just like the, you know, the other things that are true, like Easter and other uh, parts of, of scripture that don't have to be just a uh, tail end of the year or in April for Easter or whatever it might be, but to celebrate these things and remember their truths year round. So to that end, Christmas yeah, music, absolutely. you know, early is not an early. There is, is there such a thing as early Christmas music then? <laughs> you could play. Hey man, in my world, you can listen to it all year round. <laughs> <laughs> What's your, you have a favorite one, a, a favorite Christmas song or two? It's hard to choose because I love so many of them, but I am partial to some of the classic Christmas hymns, you know, like Hark the Herald Angels Sing or Come Along, Expected Jesus. Uh, There's not a rendition of O Holy Night that doesn't just move me. Um, And so I I love singing and hearing them every year. Just last night, our our church uh, had a Christmas concert, and we were were singing through all the Christmas hymns, and I was just uh, thankful that I grew up singing these and what a treasure that was uh, mm-hmm. and that has been to me. You know, I, I, I'm lying because I'm asking you one more question, but only because you brought it up, the angels, uh, Hark the Herald Angels, because angels are obviously a huge part of the whole Christmas story, pop in and out all the time to Mary and to the shepherds and I guess to, uh, to Zechariah too, right? So at least those three instances, what, what uh, just on the, you know, off the top of your head, uh, main thought or two about the role that angels have played in the story as opposed to being a mystical thing, right? Like some people kind of view it that way they are, but they are sent from God and they're part of the story. So what was your take on that in the book? Well, you can't, you can't really tell the Christmas story without the angels. Um, you just can't, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They, uh, come to Gabriel to announce the coming of John the Baptist. Right. Uh, they're angels that, an angel's there to tell Mary that she's pregnant with the Christ child. Uh, an angel comes to Joseph. An angel warns uh, the wise men. Angels fill uh, the the Bethlehem field to announce to the shepherds. Um, there's there's just uh, you, but but even more than that, you can't even tell the story of the gospel without the angels because they're there from beginning to end. Uh, Joseph says that they 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 rejoiced at the creation. Uh, they're there throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. They have a life of Jesus, protecting Jesus. They're um, they're there uh, nourishing him in the wilderness. He has to restrain the angels when he goes to the cross. Uh, and then they're there throughout the building of the church. And at the end of the age, we see them uh, leading heaven in worship of of Christ. Um, angels are not humans. Uh, they cannot be recipients of grace. Um, they. God has a special love for His image bearers, and He He came uniquely to to uh, to die 
uh, in the place of his image bearers, humans. Uh, but angels do have a courtside seat to the entire plan of redemption from the beginning to the end. And I think it's good for us at Christmas to kind of take a step back and take the perspective of the angels. You know, Charles Wesley, in his song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, he's saying, Hark means to listen. Listen to the message that the angels are are saying. Uh, listen to what they're saying about the wonderful and amazing uh, plan of God. Daniel Darling been our guest, The Characters of Christmas, the new book, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. Thanks so much for taking time to share your book with us and, and the, the work that you've done with this. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, and uh, thank you for having me. Amen. Have a great Christmas. God bless you and your family. How old are your kids? What's the range? Uh, so my oldest is uh, almost 15, and my youngest is 8. Wow. So you're going to... You've got a full house. Yeah, you do. That's a great age. It's a sweet time. Well, enjoy. Greet your wife and thank her for uh, sharing you with us, too. Well, thank you for having me, and great to, to talk with your great audience here. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel Darling, author of The Characters of Christmas, mentioning there a, famous, a favorite Christmas carol, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. We have a special Bob Dylan version we'll close our program with. Thanks for tuning in today. It's Tim DeMarshaw on WFIL. version Bob Dylan and Hark the Herald Angels Sing to Max and Max 413 Ministries leads in prayer next. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.